0: yeah okay so the number six is submissive female which I get a lot because I heard this about about this in San Francisco (laughs) it is Uh not true hello (laughs) (laughs) well I wasn't talking about Alex I was talking about my wife but uh (laughs) no oh my god I have to be on my best behavior all the time or it's it's uh,
1: dangerous (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's just certainly it just says that people don't really understand who Chinese people are they haven't met enough Chinese people well I mean also there's no one Chinese people we've talked about
0: the so many times yeah cultures in one family or one city or one community or Or the north or the south or yeah everybody's different there is no one kind of anything this there's no type over here it's just like in america where from one state to the next from one town to the next people are different. same thing yeah welcome to the bridge fun conversations on culture life and everything in between Welcome to The Bridge. My name is Jason Smith. Hey, if you enjoy this episode, don't forget to subscribe. Today with me is Alex Schur.
1: Hello, everybody. This is Alex from China, recording in China, and with Jason.
0: Two massive surveys of Asians in America point to trouble for Asians in the melting pot that is Americana. Mm. Status, that is S-T-A-A-T-U-S index 2023, show that, quote, Asian Americans were among the least likely racial groups to feel they belonged and were accepted in the United States, end quote. 57% of white Americans felt they belong and are accepted in the U.S. were only 20% Two percent of Asian Americans felt the same way, the lowest of all surveyed ethnic groups. We discuss the findings and what needs to be done
1: to change this mm. landscape. What are your thoughts, Alex? Definitely true, I think, or at least from what I've heard. Or I'm surprised. It seems like there's a stronger Asian presence in America, right?
0: I mean, I guess I just, I'm ignorant. And that's what surprises me. You know, <laughs> I, I'm not Asian. I'm not black. I'm not, you know, Hispanic. I don't really know. So this is this reading this mm. before I read this. I mean, I know that there's anti-Asian hate. I know that there is anti-black crime in the United States. But until you learn about the fact that people in some of these communities feel like they don't even belong in America, it's really quite Mm. surprising.
1: Unfortunately, that is what you will hear from quite a big proportion of Asian community in America. Mm. At least personally. Obviously,
0: when you 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 went to the United States, you were part of the Asian community, right? Sort of. You spent a lot of time with other
1: Chinese Americans or Chinese people. Actually, I was spending most of my time with other international students Mm. my other i'm a little bit different i guess but most of my chinese friends they are spending uh at least over half of their time with other chinese Mm. friends In terms of Asian-Americans, we actually didn't have a lot around Mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And we actually didn't feel like we belonged to, you know, all of the any and every organization that involves this term Asian-American. We're actually not sure if we belong to that group. So we actually didn't Hmm. understand where we were or which uh, community we're supposed to be associated with. Mm -hmm. So we're mostly just kind of keeping to ourselves.
0: Wow, that's interesting. So international students in the United States behave like foreigners living in China, they kind of live in their own special yeah. bubble.
1: Huh, that- yeah, kind of.
0: Because you don't you don't yeah. know who to go to. Well, I guess in my cu- first couple of years here, I felt similarly in, the, in living as a white American in China. A lot of my friends were people from the UK, Canada, etc. You know, other international folks who had arrived here a few years prior. Mm. But I don't feel that way now. I feel just like whatever. I don't even notice that I'm in China most of the time. I'm just like going to the grocery store. And that's all I'm thinking about is I've, I need toothpaste mm, don't forget mm. the toothpaste and then i come home with something
1: else yeah i know i know that <laughs> feeling i know that feeling very well
0: gosh but i still need toothpaste by the people
1: way people said Jason <laughs> toothpaste. no but here's the thing i think it's because partly it could be because there's such a how would you say there's it's so many different groups of people within asian americans So, even if, Mm, right? Right. Yeah.
0: Korean Americans, Chinese third generation Americans, Chinese who've just come over and they're first generation. So, exactly. It's complicated. It's
1: complicated. For example, Chinese students or Chinese, young Chinese people that are working in America, which is also quite big of a group, they don't know if they count as Asian American. So, when the group says, I'm advocating for Asian American Mm. rights, it's really hard for us to just Mm. go, oh, that includes me by default. I,
0: I feel strange because, you know, like on the one side, inside of the Asian American community, which is seeing all this incredible nuance. If you get some racist redneck on the street, they're just going to be like, go back to China.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that before. They
0: don't make these distinctions, unfortunately. So no, this, they don't. the feeling of lack of belonging, it seems, is because there are prejudiced people who who are acting against these communities and making them feel like they don't belong which is very troubling is based on stereotype and a lot of the people who are most likely to commit those commit hate crimes or say disruptive things that hurt people's feelings they are not looking at the nuance so it seems to me, I think it's the Asian and Pacific Islander community need to all band together yeah. because the prejudicial attacks are not nuanced.
1: Yeah, exactly. They make no difference. It's basically, if you look Asian, you're, you know, you could mm-hmm. be the potential mm-hmm. target. Oh, yeah.
0: You're listening to The Bridge. Um, so I got this article. This is USA Today. Asian Americans uh, feel a lack of belonging and safety. National survey says May 4th, 2023 by Mark Ramirez. And it says that they gathered responses from five thousand two hundred and thirty-five U.S. residents, and that when it says residents, it doesn't necessarily mean citizens. citizens so yeah. it could just be you know people go res- residing for university purposes or scientific endeavors, etc. And it says over the last several years, there have definitely been a lot of world events contributing to stressors for the Asian American and Pacific Islander. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, AAPI Asian American and Pacific Islander community says Janie June, Director of Strategic Initiatives for the Blended Therapy Program at Lyra Health. So there clearly has been an increase in anti-Asian violence and anti-Asian prejudice in the American community, not just because of the pandemic, but before the pandemic It's been coming along since, really, since Obama said they were going to pivot to Asia and militancy towards the Asia Pacific started become rising on the radar in U.S. military and hawk circles.
1: I I really think it has been here for as long as America has existed, you know. Yeah, that's right. I've always believed uh, whatever political figure that became the kind of the hot shot in the, you know, the recent four years, eight years, Mm -hmm. whatnot what they can do is to only either amplify or exemplify things that already exist in American Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. societal culture. They're not going to create anything new. These things, whether they're on the down low or they're being, Mm. you know, they're being praised by people have always just been there. And, And in American history, there have been worse days where Chinese uh, or Asian immigrants are not even treated as just regular human beings and they're deprived of a lot of rights. And then it's just sad to see that there are bills being proposed and actually being approved by legislators that remind people of those days.
0: Hey, I mean, I want to talk about this in another show that I have specifically uh, outlined for this. But it, in Texas, the Texas House shot down a bill and made it so... Because they, they were trying to pass a bill, including the governor of Texas, that made it so specifically Chinese people, mm. people from China who were citizens of China, cannot buy land in Texas. Yeah. And one of the smallest groups of people who own any kind of land in the United States. It's like way more Canadians, Swedes, Norwegians, all these people own tons and tons of land in Texas. Yeah. And Chinese Americans own almost no land in Texas, but they're trying to pass a law specifically aimed at Chinese people. Yep. that The Texas House shot this bill down a few days mm. ago, and it is no longer going to be considered a, a law, even though it had already been watered down. So I think that There is a little bit on the edges, some pushback saying, no, these uh, prejudicial laws cannot be passed, although it does seem that there are still some laws that are being passed that are, in fact, prejudicial.
1: Yeah. And um, the Asian American communities, as far as as I know, because I have friends who are practicing law over there and they organized a task force with you know crowdfunding and stuff they're basically fighting all of these bills and the entire nation whichever state that's mm, trying to mm, uh, propose good. and pass this bill they're make still will make sure that if the governor signed the bill into law they're going to repeal it but
0: hey if you get one of those people on the phone you're talking to them invite them on the show we'd love to hear their ideas and opinions so the stop aap i hate a San Francisco-based group formed in the early stages of COVID-19 pandemic to combat and gather data about anti-Asian hate has tallied more than 11,000 reports of racist anti-Asian violence between March 2020 and March 2022, over a two-year period. Mm, That's an alarming number, huh? So I'm wondering, because I hear, and I was talking to three gentlemen, three Chinese-American gentlemen living in Shanghai on their show, The Honest Drink in Shanghai, and they said that a lot of people they know in the United States get yelled at, mm. even threatened, drinks thrown on them. And they do not report these to API, to the FBI, to the police. They just assume that it was small and inconsequential mm. and ignore it. So based on my communication with some of the people in these communities, it seems like 11,000 is just kind of a what we can see on the surface. And there are maybe thousands, if not tens of thousands, other kinds of incidents that have gone on unreported. And there is not enough data to tell us about what how bad it is really getting on the streets.
1: Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure a lot of the time people will think, you know, um, like a previous story you told that I'm just going to solve this with my kindness hmm. and I'm just going to laugh it off or just walk away from it. So there's no there's no report to even begin with. But it doesn't mean that they're faced with just as little, I don't want to say discrimination, but unkindness.
0: I have to say I was robbed at gunpoint when I was in Richmond, California. Oh, my God. It had nothing to do with race. It was completely just related to the fact that I was an idiot in the wrong place at the wrong time. But I didn't report that. So if it's about gun crime, uh, that goes unreported. I know because I was, when I, after it happened, I only lost 20 or 40 bucks. I can't remember what it was. Mm. And I just was like, it would be a waste of my time to go down to the police station, spend an hour or two, tell them, take a report, get some bad coffee and then go home. So I just went home. I was just like, ah, forget this. I don't want to bother. So- you know, sometimes it's more inconvenient to, or seems more inconvenient, but it does seem like if it's cis, if a systemic problem like racism, we probably ought to be reporting that because the government will be more likely to take action if there is more yeah. data.
1: Um, Unpopular opinion, Jason, hmm. from me. Please. I still believe that the majority of people in America, wherever, are... Great people, and they're they're nice, they're kind in nature, but they're just not brought up, or they're not accustomed to different cultures. And I do believe that even though they come off as standoffish, or not understanding, or misusing words, or misidentifying people, if we could give them. The, at least for me as an Asian person I always try to give people at least a second chance mm. whenever there's any misinformation coming my way or misidentification coming my way I'll very nicely explain and, and tell them I think every single time it was it was well reciprocated like people will say oh I'm sorry and then they will go on with the correct information or, or different kind of um attitudes mostly but what we want to call out or what I want to call out what really really hurt me when I, when I saw these things is of course last year we were talking about all of these physical attacks on mm-hmm. Asian American communities which is absolutely despicable and and just just unimaginable. Um, how someone could just walk on the street and just be attacked, um, to almost death Mm. just for being Asian. And then let alone the gun, the shooting that happened in the salon, all of that. And then this year Mm. it's even worse because I try to like, I want to believe in the good. So, and I think this is probably a lot Mm -hmm. of other, uh, people, Asian people living in America or Asian Americans as well. We want to believe in the good, the kindness, the good nature of people Okay, so these incidents, these are individuals that are somehow fumed by by racial uh, hates, um, you know, all of these differences that interpret it differently. But this year, the sad thing is not the sad thing, the kind of infuriating thing is that people or legislators are starting to mm. put these things forward. Like anything, if it becomes systemic. Mm. That speaks for a bigger problem, you know, that I'm not saying there's a something one side is more serious than the other, but it's just seeing these things are going into law. That's very, very disheartening. And I can't imagine if you're an Asian person living in the United States, that's probably that probably makes you feel more alienated than a lot mm. of other things do.
0: Yeah, I guess I did not really thought about it in those terms. I was thinking, seeing the threat on the street as the bigger problem. But actually, I, now I see your point. Mm. When it gets to the point where the people who are supposed to be in charge are the ones who are being discriminate, discriminating against the community, then that is a much bigger problem. Because essentially, they might be leading their entire set of communities to become yeah. more prejudicial like
1: oh we can do this too and
0: when people see their leaders behaving that way promoting laws they're like, oh, okay, this is the way that the country's going
1: exactly. be to
0: be discriminated to discriminate.
1: it's so disheartening. Yeah,
0: it is just uh, that's that's really well put, Alex. That's a the very good way to look at this larger problem. Right. I wanted to ask you a bit of a question about representation, mm. because the movie Everything, Everywhere, All At Once, All at once came yeah. Came out. And this is the second giant blockbuster in a couple of years, along with crazy rich Asians, that has come out. To be to show more representation, to have more Asians in a major feature film that millions, if not tens of millions of people watch in the American community. Yeah. Do you think these movies are just a band-aid or are they actually making progress in American culture to include Asians in in, you know, what it is to be American.
1: (laughs) Unpopular opinion, again, I'm just going to, I'm going to be completely honest. I love that there's representation in a gazillion dollar industry where there's a movie that's made about Asian people, made by Asian people. Oh, there's Shang-Chi too. Shang-Chi too, but hey, I don't know if these were made for Asian people. Mm. That's my biggest problem, Mm -hmm. you know? I'm not saying they're not for sure, but... How many Asian people are actually seeing these films and you know, and what they're like the struggles of Asian people, can that be fixed by these movies? I really don't think so. I don't know, but I my guess is no. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like what they're doing is nothing wrong. They're doing great stuff, they're making great mm-hmm. movies. Um, you know, I love the movie Everything Ever All at Once, but I think it will only exists in the sense that it was a great movie and it was a great movie about an Asian family living in the United States. I I really don't think that these movies have the power to change how people view Asian Americans as a What if it was dozens community. of movies? Maybe. I really don't know if that could be a, a, a fundamental change of things.
0: Well, I mean, I, I don't imagine that you have the answer because these are big problems where there are, you know, dozens of hundreds of experts weighing in and having conferences yeah. and worrying about the future of the Asian community in America. But if you could see a few steps that could be taken to increase the quality of American culture towards and including its Asian members, what kinds of things would you like to see happen?
1: I would like to see Asian people really <laughs> really embracing their culture living in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this probably because I did a little bit of research um, and practice within the Asian Chinese American communities mm-hmm. in when I was in New York, and I saw how between first generation and second generation, generation of asian people that the second generation have a stronger tendency of blending into the mainstream american culture at the price of abandoning their own chinese roots Mm. it's not about right or wrong it's a little sad to see that you're going against everything that your parents are trying to do for you or parents are trying to pass down to you um, because you want to fit in in the society because in a way if you look at from another angle it means that society the society you're living in is not programmed to accept people who are like Like you, And you have to do things to conform to the society just to live a normal life. What you're saying is America is not a mosaic.
0: It has a single American culture and that culture requires its immigrants to throw away the culture that they came over with.
1: I I don't know if that's the best way to put it, because I know, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a melting pot and all of that. But there, it's it's just these real stories that I know that makes it hard for me to say, oh, it's all accepting. It's all encompassing. If it is really all accepting, then why are people feeling the pressure to act like American, to eat American, to like they're going away from everything that their family is saying that this is what makes you Chinese? If someday these Chinese, you know, Asian American group in America could just hmm. comfortably do and eat and and sing and speak their own culture and still enjoying being an american then i think that's a day of the great acceptance Mm. Mm.
0: you're listening to the bridge I want to move on to some data. I don't want to keep putting you on the spot to solve America's problems today. Alex, why can't you solve all of America's problems right now?
1: I know people are going to be like, yeah, why can't I solve the whole world's problems? Ugh, I need to work harder. <laughs> <laughs> this is
0: from Pew Research Center. Key facts about Asian Americans, a diverse and growing population by a couple scientists. Mm. So uh, there are a bunch of data points in here. And I You know, for those people who wanted to know, now you know, 22,400,000 Asian Americans live currently in the United States. Mm. So that is about that's about eight or nine percent of all of Americans Mm. are some kind of Asian descent. Mm. And it's expected by 2060 to more than double to 46,200,000 American citizens Mm. will be of Asian descent from Somewhere in Asia. Asia is a big place, I think, in the definition. Wow. So, um only 63,000 were classified as Asian by the US Census in 1870. So, increasingly, and it looks set to continue, Asians are a, a growing community in America. And so Mm. I think there's a force that is growing in America that will need to be reckoned with, that will need... You know, politicians, often they think about the Black community, the young community, the Gen Z community, the the working community. They divide America America up into pie charts and they examine everything. Well, increasingly, they're going to have to spend a lot more time paying attention to what's going on in the Asian community because it is becoming a force to be reckoned
1: with. Yeah, absolutely. And they're in every race of... Sorry... They're in every walk of life nowadays, like you said, even Hollywood, who didn't have Asian leads as much before, now there are opportunities for Asian people to make movies and be in the movies and be the lead of the movies.
0: Well, I mean, I always find it uh, difficult for me to think about because I've been in China for so long, mm-hmm. because I'm in China. Almost all movies have Chinese people that's in them. That's true. <laughs> so then when I'm thinking about what movies are in America, I have to like, oh, it's this one and that one yeah. and this one, right? And you have a, the list that's not very long. But in China, like you go to the movie theater and there's six brand new movies every week or two that are like the big movies mm. that are coming out with maybe one one Marvel movie mixed mm. between them or something. This is the next st- statistic, and this is uh, from the same uh, Pew Research mm. Center study. Six origin groups make up 85% of all Asian Americans. The largest group are Chinese Americans, who are 24% of all Asian Americans, followed by 21% Indian and 19% Filipino, 10% Vietnamese, 9% Korean, 7% Japanese, mm. and then 15% all others. So. Increasingly, you know, Chinese are one of the largest uh, growing groups in America because Chinese make up the largest block of Asian Americans.
1: Mm, that's interesting.
0: It is interesting. I mean, Chinese folks have been coming over from at least the 1860s and 70s. I guess from the 1840s because they had the gold rush. And so the first yeah. Chinese people, mostly from Guangdong, I'm assuming, if I have my history right, came over mm. looking for gold. And even people from the East Coast went to there as well. Turns out there's not a lot of gold in California. And a lot of people rushed off to Australia to new gold mountains.
1: <laughs> yeah, And Xinjiang, you know, impressive. Well, I don't know Chinese, (laughs) not very well. (laughs) That's the that's the name of San Francisco Mm. in Chinese, which is called. We talked about this. It's called the Old Gold Mountain. Old Gold
0: Mountain. Gold Mount. Okay, so the next piece of data shows that nearly half of all Asian Americans live on the West Coast. Mm. So 9.8 million, or 45% of the Asian American community, lives on the West Coast. And that does not surprise me. Mm. I've lived in San Francisco a long time, Oakland, there are so many Chinese Americans, Indian Americans, Korean Americans, Japanese Americans that live in the San Francisco, Oakland, Greater Bay Area, Central Valley. Also, mm. the whole California has a very large Asian influence. Even in my mom's hometown, which is a tiny little town of twenty thousand people, there are more than one Asian market where you can go.
1: Mm, definitely, although they don't sell baijiu, which I was surprised. It's, it's by. probably that's probably changed nowadays. I think I I, think- I went back four years ago. Mm -hmm. And I
0: was like, ha ha, I'm going to buy some Baijiu and show my family what this is all about. I wasn't smart and didn't just buy it in Beijing. (laughs) I landed, I went to this Asian market. I was like, hey, do you have Baijiu? And they're like, no, we have Mechju and Soju and all this other Joe, but they didn't have Baijiu. And I was very
1: Yeah, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like even, you know, we're looking at the, if you remember, we were talking about the percentage of uh people from different asian regions that that makes up the entire asian population in america Mm -hmm. you would think that there's more japanese people or korean people because everybody Mm -hmm. seems to know more about japanese or korean culture than Mm -hmm. you know the chinese but chinese people actually are the biggest groups among all asian uh residents Mm -hmm. that live in america
0: well i think in la they have a huge Massive Korean population And that's where mm. Hollywood is Because there's a Koreatown there That is gargantuan There's a Chinatown in LA yeah. But it's not as big as the Koreatown But in the in Northern California And Oakland and San Francisco You have Chinatown and Chinatown And then they have a Japantown But it's really small Yeah, And then the rest of the Asian community Is absorbed into just the regular parts That's of, true you know, They don't have a special community
1: Yeah, and then you're saying Because we were talking about Baijiu And I, I know that uh, in the past couple of years there has been a few people that lived in China that realized how amazing Baijiu is and they really they really think it's a shame that people don't know what Mm. Baijiu is in the United States so they did so much work and they brought Baijiu Mm, mm. to the U.S. so that now you can buy Baijiu in bottles in mm. in some of the shops in the United States as well and then there are so many more authentic Chinese restaurants that open locations Mm. um, in the U.S. and I guess that gonna make few people feel feel different a little bit. I hope it helps with this mm. kind of feeling that
0: they don't belong. Uh, what's really interesting, and I think this is a big city thing, is in China. Mm. Like okay, in Beijing and Shanghai, people don't drink and smoke like they did ten years ago. Mm. So uh, if you go to a second tier city like uh, your Qingdao's and your Yantai's, yeah, they're still drinking like plastic tables and smoking cigarettes. But I think China's culture in the most affluent parts of the country are moving away from drinking baijiu regularly.
1: Because my dad and most of my our family friends will drink baijiu every time they meet up for dinner. It's just like all in restaurants or at home, you know. Wow. Okay. It's not like, oh, we want to drink baijiu to get drunk. It's mm-hmm. like if we're celebrating, if we're having a get together, we want to drink baijiu.
0: Mm-hmm. Actually that goes straight with one of our my co-workers she was showing me one of her she went to back to visit her family in Xinjiang the same time it was I was in Xinjiang mm. and she she showed me some pictures of like the community where her family was having dinner with a, some of the neighbors and there was a bottle of Baijiu on the table and someone and it was dancing in the background by themselves <laughs> I was like wow it looks like a fun time <laughs> Baijiu always
1: means a yeah, fun time well, <laughs> just don't drink too much of
0: it I mean I, I think it's delicious I'm not really a big drinker anymore okay about these are from the same study i want to read a couple more statistics Mm. before i have a different kind of list about a quarter of asian americans 27 percent live in multi-general multi-generational households and i think this is interesting because i think most just any kind of americans do too now because Mm. it's impossible to buy a house 2010 minimum wage $7.25 2023 minimum wage $7.25 <laughs> 2010 cost of a 2 bedroom household 150000 2023 cost of the same 3 bedroom house 2 or 3 bedroom household Five hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Yeah. So, yeah, I think everyone in America is living in multi generational households now.
1: Yeah, I just learned this a uh, uh, very interesting fun fact, not fun fact, but interesting fact about mm-hmm. uh, Singaporeans because some of my Singaporean coworkers came to mm. Beijing like a couple of weeks ago, and they told me and I didn't know this, and they said that most Singaporean mm. adults actually still live oh. with their parents even after they get married because yeah, yeah. it's I mean, expensive to get your own house. So they just they just naturally live with their parents and they're still cool. They're still doing fun stuff, living their life. But it's just kind of very cohabitating with their parents in great harmony, which is a wonderful thing. My wife and I, we're planning
0: on retiring in Wuhan. Yeah. And we want to get another apartment that's a little bit bigger so that. Her mom and dad can live with Mm. us. And I'm totally cool with that. I think that's great, you know. Right. I I have no problem with having more company or whatever. (laughs) You know, who gets to use the TV? What's fine? I got a laptop and headphones. Exactly. Yeah. Um, A couple more statistics before we move on. Asians have a lower home ownership rate in the U.S. public overall. Mm. So uh, overall, it's 64% home ownership, according to this Pew Research study, and it's 59% of our Asians. I really don't see that that is a massive
1: yeah. difference. I, I agree. You? It's not such a... It
0: looks like anomalous. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually surprised because usually Asian Americans have higher income than like the national average. I'm,
1: I'm actually thinking this is, you know, that this probably uh, is also partially because of earlier immigrants who are, you know, like majority of the Chinatown yeah. uh, residents probably don't own properties and they count for a big portion of the the Mm -hmm. Asian, the Chinese or the Asian population.
0: I wanted to ask a couple of questions because I have I have an answer that I want to propose as the answer. What is leading to um, the current climate of Asians not Mm -hmm. feeling like they belong? What what do you think are the roots of this problem? What do you think, Alex, before I pop my answer? I think
1: it's policies. I really don't think it's how they're being treated by just regular people because that's that hostility is personal but i think when you feel like you don't belong in a place it mostly comes from policies that are not made for you so when you try to abide by it there're extra t- 10,000 steps you have to take and then even worse when there're policies that are being implemented against you mm-hmm. personally um i i think these are the things that will create the the sense of uh, alienation the most more than anything else.
0: I don't want to give my answer away right away, but I think a lot of the communication that is coming out of Hollywood and the media is that the problem is things like representation mm. that oh okay, we need more Chinese mm. and Indian and you know, Filipino actors in TV shows and in movies and it's about, you know, uh discrimination that's been around historically And I actually disagree with all of that assessment. I mean, I think that that plays a part of it. Like you were saying earlier, Mm. there is a history of racism in the U.S. That racism has gone on as long as there have been Asians in america
1: it existed way before hollywood right yeah you know but
0: i don't think that's why it's this is a problem now because this wasn't as much of a problem 20 years ago there have been better days and there have been worse days mm. what has changed now and i it's it goes back to what you're saying about policy it's about the way the united states government is framing china as some kind of nemesis yes so the leaders in Washington, when they are calling China an adversary, as opposed to a trade Mm. partner, Mm. they are creating the conditions for discrimination against Asians of all kinds. Because like we said earlier, when you're in the Asian community, you differentiate, oh, I'm a second generation, I'm third generation, I'm Korean, I'm Japanese. But when you have some bigoted ignorant person with a mental health disorder (laughs) looking to hurt someone in Chinatown, that guy's not seeing a difference. Exactly. Yeah. That guy doesn't have a nuanced perspective of the Asian community. He's he says sees some leader in Washington said China is an adversary. That's an Asian person. Go back to China. That's what he yells at them. Exactly. It seems to me that the source is not I, – I would love to see more representation for Chinese and Indian and Filipinos in movies. Exactly. Yes, why not? Absolutely. I'd love to learn more about – that is not really the biggest problem. I would love to see history not repeated, but that is not the biggest problem. The biggest problem is – leaders in Washington blaming China when there are domestic problems that they should be solving I
1: completely agree and this I I hope people don't take this as we're saying representation is not Mm. good Mm. it is great it's amazing but it's not going to solve the bigger problem here and then like you said and I totally agree that because of the way that the federal government is framing China which is one of the biggest Asian countries um, and the one that's kind of exporting the most immigrants to uh, Asian immigrants to America when you put it as the opposite side on the opposite side of what america means to them i guess those policies come out as an you know an echo to the federal government's uh, narrative of what what china means to america or what asia means to america and then the thing is the sense of alienation is like what you described and then imagine if you're someone who lives in the u.s the government saying that the place that you come from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is our enemy or is our threat mm-hmm. how supposed to feel about that right and then you you're living in a country where you're supposed to and you're you know abiding by all the rules you're paying taxes and and then the government that you're paying taxes to is like oh Mm. like you could you could stay here but where you come from like that's that's a bad place so what does that make me i think that creates that alienation it creates the 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 sense of not belonging in this country and there's no way to amend that unless the narrative or the frame of the talk changes i
0: mean i would say we could look at a parallel in recent american history Mm. during uh 2003 when the united states was invading iraq there was an enormous increase in the amount of anti- Arab anti Muslim mm. crimes all over the United States, all over the Western world, in France, in England, in Canada, in the United States, in Australia. And that has had terrible, horrible effects on their community. And it's because they started framing the entire Islamic world as an enemy of the United States, as an enemy of Western civilization. And now they're trying to frame another community. Mm in the part of the global community. Mm. China, for all of the woes of of America, you can't decouple. You know, Nike does business in China Starbucks has 6,019 stores in China. Tesla does business in China. There are two Disneyland's in China. There's a universal theme park. Yum! Brands, including McDonald's and KFC and Pizza Hut, all do business in China. We're going to be partners, China and the United States. That's not going Mm -hmm. to change. So what we need to do is get the leaders in the United States to start dealing with domestic issues and to to stop pointing the finger at people, at ethnicities, religious groups, and nations around the world when things are not going their way at home. Yeah, we need mature leaders in the United States, not leaders who are going to blame other peoples and other nations. Yeah,
1: and, and just to lighten the mood a little bit. Well, not really. Sorry, sorry, sorry. not really lightening the mood, but you know, this is a uh, kind of like how people, uh, kind of, sort of this uh, joke out of uh, feeling hopeless mm-hmm. for being an Asian in America. This is. Uh, Um, one of a pretty famous uh, comedians and he's Filipino and he did a show when there was quite a lot of attacks on Asian Americans in um, in the U.S. and he said Mm -hmm. he said I was calling my sister um, who's also Filipino of course I was calling her and say hey just you know be careful when you're walking on the street and you know just 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 be a little more alerted nowadays because of these recent attacks and his sister says oh it's okay she says don't worry they're just uh Mm -hmm. targeting Chinese people we're Filipinos and he goes Mm -hmm. you think they're gonna Mm -hmm. be able to tell us (laughs) apart you know (laughs) to uh, to them we're all the same and then people really laughed and he was telling it as a joke and it is kind of true like we're saying but I mean deep down it's it's very sad we'll go on the street and you have to think like okay, I just have to be a little bit more careful because I look different from um, others.
0: I, I want know? to lighten the mood too. So I have this, ar- another article and it is from Yahoo News. It's an opinion. And I think we can debate it and argue about it and have a little more hmm. fun. This is 10 anti-Asian stereotypes that need to okay. be dumped now. And it has all caps for now. So let's talk. let's okay. talk through these and see. Okay, so number one, and this is a complicated one, the model minority. So... You Chinese are so good at math,
1: Alex. Mm. (laughs) <laughs> I'm very bad at math, but i don't mind people i don't mind people mistaking me as being good at math, so you know the danger I understand, and I could be wrong
0: from what I've read is part of the danger of the model minority is that it divides the Asian community from other ethnic minorities like the black community, and it says, "Oh, black community, why aren't you more like the Asian community? And The reality is there shouldn't be a division between ethnic communities. There should be like, no, there is no such thing as a model minority. We All of us minorities are struggling our own fights and and fighting for our own American dream. What do you think about that? I think
1: models should always be Hmm. individual. I never think of like a role model should never be a group Hmm. of people like it should always be kind of uh boiled down to an individual and so like model minority in its way like that term was created to you know against the black community when you know the, the origin of that is to to pin down the black community using mm-hmm. the asian community and it still comes from a very racist um, point of view yeah a very a very racist point of view so i don't think that term should even be brought up nowadays because there's no like i said there's no group people that has only good you know super obedient uh citizens and the other group is all like wild people who don't want to listen to anything that the government's saying um every group has it's good it's bad it's, it's all the same everybody's struggling it's all the same and i think this term is so outdated it shouldn't even be a talking point nowadays oh yeah
0: Listening to The Bridge. The next one I actually have a big problem with. And so this is called The Perpetual Foreigner. And it (laughs) says the perpetual foreigner, foreigner stereotype assumes AAPIs are not real Americans. I want to say my problem with this is that we Americans mm. need to stop thinking about people as whether or not they are real Americans. Mm. Who cares if we're Americans or not? We, we're we all human beings wherever we're from anyway. And we need to stop you know categorizing people whether they're American or not. Mm. It shouldn't be like, oh, you're American. You're like me. It should be, you're a human being. You're like me. It's
1: hard for me to, <laughs> to empathize because we i guess as chinese people in general we're just used to looking at you know majority of the people in our life we we are we're chinese but even within these people there are people still there's still people who look different or from different uh you know minority ethnic groups Mm. but it's just like okay you are from that group i don't not see you i don't not see you as from uh, someone from xinjiang from Miao group from tibet from mongolia Mm. but Like, Mm. I can recognize that. And then I don't feel anything about your identity and your origin. We're just humans together, Mm. you know, Mm. Um, and it doesn't have to be because I don't. The thing is, I don't want this to be like if this is a stereotype that we need to get rid of. I don't want this to be the idea for a lot of younger, um, you know, Asian-Americans to be like, oh, well, I don't I'm not Asian. I'm American. Mm. I still want them. I would love for them to just be proud of their Asian roots and their Asian culture. Mm. But then at the same time, they have no you know, there's no hindrance. There's no obstacles of them just existing in America as who Mm -hmm. they want to be. I'm going to skip
0: three because it's similar to one and two. And number four says the COVID starter. So I think that is obviously a very controversial thing. And a lot of people have very strong opinions about where COVID actually started and it's not really set and understood. But it has nothing to do with someone's ethnicity or national origin. How a disease spreads between human beings, so that one is an obvious that needs to go away. If you're if you're saying that or you that's know someone who's saying yeah. that, call them out and get them to stop immediately. Yeah. Number five is people who eat unusual animals. Yes,
1: please. I. Yeah. <laughs> that is. Um, I don't even know what to say about that. It's like I could be on the, you know, the more civilized side and say majority of Asian people don't do that. There's no tendency. There's no. I've never seen that. I've been here 11 years in China.
0: I have never seen people eating like weird animals like bats or cats or anything like that ever. Yeah,
1: not that crazy stuff. Let's say this out of 1.5 billion people, there's bound to be some small groups that will do things that are a little crazy as the same. That's the same for every single other civilization in this world. But it's just like, please don't. For example, you see one person who doesn't like to stand up. They just like to sit. Are you going to say, oh, everyone from where he's from doesn't like to stand up? Bunch
0: of sitters. You're not going to do that. (laughs) Yeah, you bunch of sitters, you know. Just just no. Well, I want to say this. I was in the Sierra Nevadas. Mm. Uh, I'm from the Central Valley, but Sierra Nevadas are the mountain range between uh, Nevada and California. And I met some people who were, uh, uh-huh. they were less well off than the rest of us. And they lived in a trailer. Oh, my God. And they their diet consisted of frequent squirrel that they caught with their bare hands and with traps uh-huh. and stuff. And they would skin them. And there was a young girl who was a member of their community. She was like 10. And she was telling me that she could skin a squirrel faster than anyone else in the community. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Yeah. But in my head, I'm thinking, that's... An unusual animal to eat. So I, I like you said, and when you get a, a large enough population and you go to unusual places, you're gonna find statistical anomalies. it has nothing to do exactly. with exactly the culture. People don't just in China eat bats and cats and stuff. It's not it's not something that happens. I have never seen that. In living in China in 11 years so
1: yeah the only situation I see myself doing anything that's even remotely close to what that is is like if I had participated in one of those survival shows in America where I'm like thrown on a deserted island and get given no assistance and support
0: <laughs> yeah okay so the number six is submissive female which I get a lot because I heard this about, about this in San Francisco <laughs> it is uh-huh. not true hello <laughs> <laughs> well I wasn't talking about Alex I was talking about my wife but uh, no, yeah. <laughs> oh my god! I have to be on my best behavior all the time, or it's it's uh, dangerous. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just certainly it just says that people don't really understand who Chinese people are. They haven't met enough Chinese people. They- well, I mean, also
0: there's no one Chinese people. We've talked about this so many times. Yeah, cultures in one family or one city or one community or, or the north movie. or the south or yeah, everybody's different. There is no one kind of anything. This there's no type over here it's just like in america where from one state to the next from one town to the next people are different same thing yeah exactly number seven is the emasculated male <laughs> uh so i don't really know i i there are if you know i was gonna say they are these huge i invite yeah, you to Alex come to Dongbei and 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 inner mongolian They are huge super tall. they make me feel like i'm <laughs> tiny person and I'm actually quite tall they're like huge super muscular yeah. like wrestler types exactly. you don't want to mess with yeah. them no that's not true <laughs> not even
1: yeah it's the same
0: just like in America where you find some skinny nerd types yeah there's some skinny nerd types over here too
1: every country has the skinny nerd types every country has tall people and short people some people some country yeah. has a little yeah. more some country has a, a, a bit fewer but they're, no it's not about every single person that was born in this country <laughs>
0: listening to The Bridge. All right, I'm going to skip a couple of these and go to one of them, because I think it's the big cliche, the bad driver. (laughs) So, no, I mean, because, all right, I would say this, and I think- People behave on the road differently in China than they behave in Korea, and differently in Korea than they behave in San Francisco, and differently in San Francisco than they behave in L.A. Mm. So in L.A., everyone tries to go as fast as they possibly can, and they can't because there's traffic. And in San Francisco... I think there's a lot of tourists so people just can't drive there because it's impossibly hard to drive there. Yeah. But in China, you know, there's a little more what's the word? There're a little more laissez-faire about the
1: rules sometimes. Yeah. 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 I also like to argue statistically statistically they're they're doomed to be more bad drivers just because there's so many people driving nowadays oh. <laughs> you know, um, and then people are always kind of in a rush because we're at that stage of, of of economic development we're not driving mm. to enjoy the view on the highway we're driving to our workplace if you're Morris
0: you are to- Morris takes road trips like once a year he's that bougie guy who gets in his car with his dog and wife and they go across the country sightseeing. We
1: should uh, ask Morris to bring us along next time he does. That's a good that's not a
0: bad idea. Morris, if you're listening to the show, Please. Alex and I would love to tag along. Yes. there is a number 10 and it says that I don't I can't even imagine that this is on this list because I've been living in big cities in China. The primitive villager? If you think that's what China's like, you have no idea what China is like. Oh, my God, go to Shanghai. You will go back to wherever you are in Minneapolis or something and feel like you're in a small town because China is big cities everywhere. That's
1: very true. And even like, you know, I have kind of firsthand because, like I said many times on this show, my mom's family still lives in the the countryside and I go back and visit. Uh, Well, I haven't been recently, but I was going back pretty often. I'm pretty sure if I go back this year, it'll look even more connected and modern than um, I did see from three, four years ago. And the thing is, I think this this goes back to what Jason was saying earlier, that a lot of articles that are being written, a lot of reports that are being made about China. And I don't blame the people because that's, that's their only source. That's the only, you know, uh, source of truth mm-hmm. they can have about a country that is, you know, on the other end of the globe. But these articles and these, uh, uh, you know, reports are just... I would say mishandled and I don't want to say it was done on purpose because I don't know their true intention but it's definitely mishandled and this mm-hmm, yeah. reminds me of this article on the New Yorker that I was really sad to read about because that was, it was written mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago when the, you know, when the Malaysian airline plane crashed into the Indian Ocean and, mm-hmm. um, and it was such a tragic event and then um, mm-hmm. the New Yorker had uh, its China correspondent and its Chinese producers writing about this whole piece in a, as a feature and it's supposed to reports on the aftermath and the impact of such a tragic air crash and how people are dealing with it but at the towards the end of it you know after the rest of the article is really well written, but towards the end of it, it there was a, a paragraph that was trying to describe the people that were mm. on this plane. And it just made me so uncomfortable as someone who lives in China. That was a, a flight going from Beijing to, to Malaysia. And the article goes, and when we see the families of these people that have gone missing on the airline, on this Malaysian airline these are the people with their burned necks, with their ill-fitting suits. Uh, what? Yeah, I kid you not. You could look it up. And then it goes on and said, uh, majority of the people on this flight probably were flying for the first time in their life, and they were trying. Oh my! They were trying gosh. to make this to be something that. Oh, it's such unfortunate because these are just you know, peasants in China that had never traveled. And I just felt like whether it was done intentionally or not, I felt very hurt as a Chinese reader that this is what, um, this is how people were being looked at. And especially after such a tragic occurrence, this is how they were being described. And, um, and this is basically saying these are like Chinese rednecks without saying the word redneck. So I just felt really uncomfortable reading that. And I'm you and I and everybody that's listening to this show know, knows that this is not the only article out there that's kind of perpetuating this idea of chinese people being like this uh, uh item says a primitive villager but if you listen to our show at least know that most of the people that are here in china today are like alex <laughs> we have we live in apartment nice apartments and we have laptops and recording mics and we can do stuff you know i mean it's even more than that like i would
0: say the opposite is tr- more true like for example China has high speed rail. The United States has a derailing like every couple of days. There's like a thousand trains that derail in the United States a year. Mm. And China hasn't has had like two in 10 years. China has the most subway lines. If for every major city of any cities in the world, mm. Shanghai has the longest total subway of any city on earth mm. uh, you have robots in the malls, you have robots in the hospitals, you have yep. self-driving cars everywhere you have China is probably more technologically advanced and more modern and postmodern than most other nations on earth, if not all other nations on earth. Mm. So for people to think of China in this way that comes from like 1980 or something is just Ludicrous. I mean, it just shows how little people know yeah. about what China is like.
1: Yeah. Now. So that's that's again, that's the whole thing. Um, if you're listening to our show on a regular basis, or if you just stumble upon this episode, um, and if you did enjoy even just a little bit of what we're talking about, I do want you to recommend our show, our podcast, to people that are around you who don't know China yet, whether they like China or they don't uh, really have a preference, or they don't like China that much. If they're willing to give it a chance, um, I do want you to recommend our show to your friends and family um, and just see if we can change their idea about what China is and who Chinese people are just a little bit.
0: Thank you so much for your time today, Alex. I look forward to talking with you soon. If you guys are listening, we look forward to talking with you as well. You can always email us at bridge at gmail.com.
1: We really look forward to hearing from all of you. Thank you, Jason.
0: Thank you, Alex.